Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. The swirl of smoke from candles burning While Mary looked up yearning I got confirmed and I confessed I really felt that I was blessed Plus I love my uniform So did the boy who lived next door But something changed When I became of age And all those things I thought were true Someday Uh, trying to get our volumes correct here. I'm Doubter Five, and as usual, we have a guest with us. Uh, can you say hi, Dale? Hey, Dale. <laughs> well done. And Wombat usually calls in, but I haven't heard from him tonight, so uh, we'll just wait and see if he's going to call in. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour is a call-in talk radio show about atheism, free thought, rational thought, humanism, and sciences. And conversely, we'll also talk about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. And if you get the feeling that you're the only non-believer in Knoxville, well, you're just not. There are several atheist, free-thinking, and rationalist groups that exist right here in Knoxville, and we'll be telling you how you can connect with them right after the mid-show break. Also, did you know that there's an atheist call-in television show broadcasting here in Knoxville? Did you know that, Dale? Yes, I did. <laughs> You've actually been on the show, haven't you? Yes. Well, the show that I did was nominated for a reward at the Sundance Festival. Oh, did you? Really? Very cool. No, that's a lie. Oh, <laughs> I'm easy, <laughs> apparently. Anyway, um, that show, the Atheist Call-In Television Show, has been broadcasting here for over eight years, nearly nine now. <laughs> And uh, we'll be talking about how you can listen to that, too. As a matter of fact, it's going on right now. I might as well tell you. It goes from seven, no, 6.30 to 7.30 every Wednesday night. So it kind of conflicts with our show, but that's okay. You can always record that show and watch it later. Uh, it's on Comcast Channel 12 or, you know, what's that one? Charter Channel 192. Uh, you can catch it either streaming online at come, I'm sorry, at um, ctvnox.org, or just go to uh, your TV set and turn it over to Channel 12. You're on Comcast. Uh, let's see. Also, and in spite of what Steve Martin would have you think, there are lots of atheist songs out there, and you'll be hearing some of them right here on this show and in the program generally because they are in rotation. And uh, if they're in rotation, they'll be played automatically. Anyway, today's show is going to be about the concept of the soul. Uh, seems like every religion is, gets you worried about where your soul is going to go to. Um, Dale, can you, can you answer a question for me? What? What year did science discover the existence of a soul? Well, I know there's been some research into it, uh, but I believe it was in 1918. No, it was in 19 never. They've never discovered the existence of a soul. There is no scientific data, 
uh, anywhere to, to uh, demonstrate that there is that anyone has a soul. Now, the thing about it is, and thing wait that, a minute. Oh yes, go ahead. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, there was a fellow by the name of Duncan McDougall. Mm -hmm. He was a, a physician, and he decided that if there was a soul, it probably had weight. He didn't know that. And in oh, excuse me, it was nineteen oh seven. What he did was he took uh, some hospital beds that have a dying patient in that hospital bed, mm -hmm. and he. <clears throat> Put scales at each of the uh, legs uh -huh. of the hospital bed. And I have, I don't know how uh, sensitive they were back then. I mean, they were they were balance scales, and they were they used timbers to balance them. I wrote an article. It's on my website. It's called "Addressing Doctor McDougall's Soul Has Weight Experiment," experiment. Mm -hmm. and uh, it's. I think it's good. Of course, I wrote it. But uh, it, it takes the data that I could glean that, that's on the Internet about this particular thing and uh, draws a, a few exceptions to what, what he says about it. First of all, since we've never, ever had a soul to experiment with or measure, we have no idea that they weigh anything. He said 21 grams. He said that the body, after he weighed it before and after the death, there was a 21 gram discrepancy. Yep. Now, he claimed it was a soul. Yep. Did he have any right to claim that? Uh, I assume as a scientist, he would only have the right to claim there was a 21 gram right. discrepancy. Exactly. But even then, the experiment has not been reproduced. Right. And he did it well, with only six patients. Mm -hmm. so and he I, disqualified two of them. I mean, it was probably a wacko to begin with, for all I know. But. Yeah. Uh, but no one has experiments. No, they haven't. As a matter of fact, you, you can imagine there'd be some morality uh, problems with that. Um, okay, I've got you plugged in, Ty. Let me turn you up a little bit. Wombat, what's up? Yeah. How's everybody? Okay. Can you hear? <laughs> yeah, I can hear. Okay. Yep. So Dale's with us on, in here, and we're talking about the uh, Dr. McDougall's Soul Has Weight experiment, where he took okay. Six, oh yeah. He took six people at the verge of death. He had to disqualify a couple of them, apparently. They passed before he could get them rigged up or, or whatever, but he, wow. couldn't, he couldn't use them. Uh, out of all of that, he, he had, like, one person didn't weigh any different, another person weighed a little bit different, one person weighed, like, 21 grams different, and I don't remember what the last one. But it's a one-time experiment with a case study on, like, four people, and then he makes some assumptions right off the bat that any discrepancy in weight would be because of the soul leaving the body, which is quite a claim with no evidence. Since we've Sounds been... completely reasonable. What's the problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> you say it sounds reasonable? <laughs> yeah, like why wouldn't you start an experiment with absolute bias? It seems right. like that's the perfect way to confirm your result. Mm -hmm. If that's what you're looking for, yeah. they would find it. Right. Science can work for you. Yeah. We all know this is how it works. Yeah, and you would think that they might have, they would have uh, got an alert on the TV there or on the monitor. Uh, there would have been somebody re redoing the experiment, but they never have. Anyway, so well, it's a good way to measure souls, right? Right. How how could we go about measuring a soul? What assumptions can we make about the soul? So I think you brought up a good idea. We should first figure out what we're talking about and if it can even be weighed. Maybe that'd be a good way to start. Like. There are people who say they um, 
have met souls or like have died, they can like live outside of the body and even like remember things that happened while they were temporarily passed away. Like, could these be better examples of souls rather than this weight experiment? I used to work in a hospital and they always talk about there being ghosts of restless souls or such as that. And I thought that mm -hmm. if there was anywhere that should be haunted, it would be a hospital since since someone has died in virtually every room in there, except maybe the basement or yeah, really, even the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I, I never, I never saw any ghosts working even on the night shift. Yeah, and we don't have any <laughs> any real direct evidence that a ghost, even if we found one, and the ghost hunters on seven seven years of hunting ghosts on TV never found one. Uh, to uh, hey, assume they're coming that out with a new human, season, you never know. Soul. I mean, we don't know that they're human souls. We've never had one to experiment on. We don't know. Well, um, I used to work with a uh, under a doctor named Dr. Maurice Rawlings. He wrote a book, uh, Beyond Death's Door, and another one about hell. And his, he, Dr. James Moody wrote a book, Life After Life, and Dr. Rawlings wrote this one after him, and about the experiences of people who were supposed to be clinically dead, and then they uh, report uh, stuff that uh, happened to them uh, when they were unconscious or as they uh, as they approach death death uh -huh. dead yeah yeah but I mean you can imagine that um, if you uh, if you take drugs or if you get damaged to the brain uh, you sometimes experience have experiences that cannot be explained uh, other well, actually than I can explain those you see, when you start losing blood, blood pressure, one of the things that you develop is tunnel vision. Uh, mm -hmm. Pilots understand this. Yeah, well, that's where I was going. That the, when you're dying, your your brain starts to de deteriorate or starts to shut down, mm -hmm. and you experience things like well, tunnel. just losing blood pressure, mm -hmm. not not in cl anywhere close to dying. Right. But uh, we had several instances of people that you know, after they were. Uh, uh, well, one fellow was a—he was a kind of a jolly fellow, even though he was uh, hooked to a ventilator and all this. And he uh -huh. coded one night, yeah. and he was out for quite a while. And his personality was vastly different after that. He was mad. He was angry <laughs> that we had brought him back oh, because really? he was in such a pleasant state. Mm -hmm. I mean, the poor gentleman was uh, had lots and lots of problems and pain and and. Yeah. I might be uh, a little bit. Well, he was probably too. in an area where he wasn't experiencing any pain, and it certainly would. Well, when your but when your blood pressure drops, yeah. all of it, your hearing is the mm -hmm. last thing to go. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did. Uh, I was uh, one at one point. I was wanting to write a book with a uh, funeral uh, director guy, Death in America, about what you can do with your body and all. Really. And we went into the uh, into this uh, life after death thing mm -hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I've experienced it. You had a life or a near-death experience? Yes, yes. When Ooh, I was, interesting. Yeah, yeah well, uh, when I was in the Army, uh, you're sitting in the barracks and you're, you're young and you're trying to think of stupid things to do. And there used to be a technique that I don't want to describe. <laughs> yeah, you nearly killed yourself? Or right. Just for, you were bored? Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was pure boredom. But there's this thing, in, the, in medicine it's called a Valsalva maneuver. But I don't want to describe it here because I don't you're want to afraid anybody, people will do it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know what you're going to do when you leave. I mean, Larry. 
You, it, will, it probably won't be that. But uh, what uh, what happened was is uh, you're in the barracks and and uh, th- these guys get all around you, and uh, because you're standing up and you are going to pass out and you don't want to hit your head on the floor, so right. there's these They'll guys standing around yeah. you, and you do the thing and you pass out. Now, what my exp- and, uh, in, and it's an extreme rapid drop of blood pressure is what we is what we were doing. Oh my God. And it's not all that safe of a thing to do. No. But uh, in my experience, I was traveling down this long tunnel, and in in and I had the ability in my to to travel faster and faster, like flying. Mm-hmm. And all along the edges, all along the walls of this tunnel, were these monstrous green arms. You're, you're not having us on now, are you? Huh? You're not kidding us, are you? No, no, no. These monstrous green arms were trying to snatch at me, and I the only thing I could do in the tunnel was fly faster and faster in order so that they could not get me. Mm-hmm. They would miss when they tried grabbing. Now, and, and, and that was my experience. And I remember there was one little girl that had drowned, that, that she had a drowning experience, and her tunnel was tiled. Now, the fact of the matter is she... Uh, drown in a swimming pool, or was having. Oh, so she was surrounded by tiles. She was, she was surrounded by yeah. tiles. Yeah. Now me, who did I have? These green arms. Mm-hmm. You know what color an army fatigue is? Yeah. At that time, they were green. Yeah, and they were there to help you. So they probably had they were arms they out. were reaching for me to try to, to, to try to lower yeah. me to the floor, and that was the way my brain interpreted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I've had that. Um, it's probably blood pooling. Are you going in that direction for this this procedure that you, you tried? Uh, anybody can experience if they lay down very long, and uh, they they're like they're watching TV on the couch or something, and then somebody right. knocks on the door, and you pop up and you get up and go to the door. Well, your blood mm-hmm. has pooled in your body cavity, and as soon as you get up, that blood starts to go down into your legs, and it it deprives your brain. And I actually passed out one time at my mother's house. And I was, I was, I got up to go. She called us to uh, dinner, so I got up on the couch and I was going down the hallway to the dining room, and things started closing in on the side. It was like darkness, really. It was just darkness. And I put my arms out and felt the hallway, Mm -hmm. and then I went down to my knees. And the next thing I knew, I was waking up on the floor. But I mean, yeah. I mean, doesn't mean that uh, you know these things that happen to us are real, but we experience them as real, only because our brain is is playing tricks on us. Let me get back to the uh, subject of souls. Um, if you talk to anybody out there, you can you can ask them what is a soul, and can you tell me a little bit about it? And they generally will just start off describing it. Uh, there's a video where a guy described a soul to uh, Oprah. On live TV, and she was sitting there going, "Oh, really? Ah, wow, that's nice. That's just beautiful." I mean, just soaking it up with absolutely no evidence. And this guy going off saying, "Your soul is much bigger than your body. You know, it's, it, re- it radiates to the area around you. That souls contact the people around you." And I mean, there's just absolutely no evidence for any of the things he's saying. And she's just buying it. And through the TV set, I'm sure a lot of her audience was buying it as well. But let me. Now, what I'm wondering is, oh, just to add something to that, you hear different stories from different people. Like I, like the guy who's studying the weight experiment, he must have thought that a soul was something much smaller that existed inside a person that you could actually measure and weigh. 
Whereas this guy who's talking to Oprah thinks it's something that's outside the body, bigger and intangible. Um, these desperate stories that right. don't really have any sort of like any sort of consistency with them mm-hmm. is pretty telling with regard to how confident people are about talking about completely different things. Yeah. And it's really important to nail this down if we're trying, if we're trying to talk about the same thing. Right. Well, right. I, I used to have a camera that would take pictures of the soul. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why do I doubt it? Well, it, 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 I'm, I'm sure that it took pictures of something that you couldn't explain, and yet you chose to explain it as well, a soul. Well, the aura. You, you've, yeah. heard, you've heard mm-hmm. of the aura? Yeah. Well, back in this, in this I was into, the, into a lot of this junk back then, and it, what, what it was was a Tesla coil that created a electromagnetic field over a plate, and you would t- put a piece of, of a photograph, uh, like a, uh, what do you call it, um, Polaroid? Uh-huh. And you put your finger uh-huh. on it, and it would create the, the these sparks. And Around then, it. Right, and mm-hmm. then you would have a, a color that would come out on the... Yeah, on the, on and the, I'm sure it was just the the heat of the body interacting with the chemicals of the, of the photographic medium. But that's all we can say at this time. I don't know. I think it's that. But I, I think to a first, if you're going to talk about a soul, you have to have one to be able to demonstrate that one, it exists, and two, what its properties are. And here are some of the. Now, pro- here's the oh, I had a quick catch. What if I've, I've heard this as well, talking to people? But what if you have to believe in a God in order to know what a soul is? Like, what if that's the first step to knowing what a soul is? Well, well can you, can you uh, describe? Who saved? Does, and does, they, and does they follow blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Does they follow B though? I mean, is it's you know? Do you have to believe in a God before you can believe in a soul or experience yeah. a soul? What and, if that was? The, what well, if that was the case? What makes you think that one has anything to do with another? Hmm. I mean, that's post hoc ergo propter hoc. It's it's a fallacy. But anyway, this this is what I wanted to talk about. Everybody seems to know what a soul is, what it does, and what property it has. Let's let's go through them. I mean, most people don't even think about it, but they should. They should think about their beliefs. Christianity has never proven that souls exist and that everyone has one. Never been proven. And they've never been proven that animals have them, but humans do. I mean, vice versa. The animals don't have them and humans do. They also claim that souls can and do contain our minds, memories, and um, our mind and memories independent of the brain. In other words, we know um, that your memories are in your brain. We know that your identity is your main in, from the brain, and that your mind is a product of the main of the brain. Uh, we, if we stimulate the brain with certain areas, we get certain memories come to the surface, certain smells, certain some experiences. But the Christians claim that souls are independent of the brain and contain all of our mind, memory, and, and an identity. They also claim, now not only just Christians, but other religions as well, that souls survive the death of our bodies intact. We don't know that. They might, we might have souls, but they might die. They may not. We don't know. We've never had one to experiment on. They also claim that there are places for souls to go after death. Heaven and hell both would have to be separately proven. All we have right now is just people telling us that they exist, and you better watch out for your your soul because it'd be a shame something happened to it. Um, it's just all of these little details that people um, believe about their souls, just on faith, just on their um, preachers telling them 
uh, and their neighbors telling them. And one particular oh. doctor doing an experiment which had no re- relevance to whether or not a soul exists. All he did was measure the weight of a body before and after and then claimed that the difference in, in the weight was a soul. Larry, you're on a roll. Let me, let me just, no, no, let me I'm just throw something I, in. No, go ahead. Ashley went to church. I actually went to church last Sunday mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in many, many, many years. The reason why was because I went to Sunday Assembly, and it took place in this multi-campus uh, where there's a bunch of old buildings, and yeah. there was churches taking place in a lot of places along with the, the atheist get-down. It was really fun, but I sat down in some of the pews just to see what was going on. Um, it wasn't necessarily a talk about souls in particular, but there was uh, a pastor there explaining how you have that voice that tells you right or wrong, like the voice that's like, hey, don't do this. Hey, you should do this. Your this feels good. You did something great. Yeah. Sure, what if there was a correlation between that and the soul? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but what if that was the correlation that some people consider as a soul? Like, hey, I know I'm a soul because... I know what the difference between right and wrong is. And uh, when I do something, something talks to me. And it's not in my heart. It's not my brain. It's well, just this voice. That, that's that's another claim. That you say it's not in my brain. How do you know that? Actually, I have quite a bit of experience with the voices that people hear. <clears throat> I, uh, I used to work in a psychiatric institution in the, in the military. And there were three components to the psychiatric ward. There was the staff, the patient, and the voices. And the voices. What? Excuse me. Did you, you say, say what? what? Stab them in the what? Voices. The stab, the, voice. the patient, and the voices. Right. And, ah, ah, and, my bad. And these voices that these people were hearing rarely said anything nice, or what? anything that the patient <laughs> himself couldn't have known. Well. Well, they, no, you know, isn't it about time you killed your mother? Oh, that kind of thing. You know, oh, wow. the, the voices never said anything like, uh, "My, you look really nice today," the, with the, that purse you're carrying, or. Uh, oh man! They never said anything nice, but I will tell you that Thorazine handles those voices quite well. Oh, is that right? Yes, yes. Guys coming in, he's hearing all kinds of voices. Few, few cc's of Thorazine, and he can relax. But uh, I don't know if anyone distinguishes those voices from the voice that the minister was talking about—the voice of conscience and right and wrong and all that. Yeah. But and I've had I've had little voices tell me, "Yes, you can have one more beer. No problem. <laughs> no problem." Yeah, then you have the voice of authority outside your window on the way home. No, you know being my, pulled over. Yeah, my wife. Yeah, listen to the voice on the right shoulder. You have to listen to the one on the left. Right. Uh, right. My wife said, uh-huh. "You you made an ass out of yourself last night." Mm-hmm. Uh, any comments there, Ty, on that? Yeah, I think um, it's a good point. There's not a lot of distinction. Uh, people just say it's a voice, or people just say it's a feeling, or people say it's a force, but they don't really define what they mean by that. And there's so many things that you can misinterpret and confirmationally bias or bias yourself with some sort of confirmation that you already have ordained in your head because you didn't really have like a good, well-defined, you know, determination of what is something that comes from the soul and what is something that does not come from the soul. And I think it's really important to know where the misses are as well as the hits in order to come to a conclusion like that. And most people can't do both. 
Right. I, I understand completely. Um, the thing about it is I've heard people say, and I'm talking about uh, – I've read books where doctors say that the conversation that you have in your head may very well be the the conversation that the left side of your brain is having with the right side of the brain, since they are di- sometimes I have that fundamentally different. You know, one is oh, yeah. feelings and art, and the other is math and and um, science, you know, that type of thing. And and the the colossus. Corpus callosum. I can never remember what that is. Corpus callosum that connects the two may be very well uh, what they're monitoring, you know, in, internally when you hear little voices talking back and forth, or, or at least talking to you. You may be monitoring. I don't think so. Well, I, I haven't had any left brain, right brain, brain communication. I did see the Steve Martin movie, The Man with Two Brains, but yeah. I don't think that's uh, applicable here. Yeah. Well, maybe it's it's all the same voice. It just some are coming from different areas. If you're hearing voices, no, you, the, we're talking about the voice of your conscience. That's all. Yeah, if you're and, actually and I don't hearing really voices, hear, no, I, I don't hear voices. Saying per stuff se. that for you to do bad things, right. see a doctor. Exactly. Um, like Abraham, for instance, how did he know that was God? If it was just a voice, how would he know that it was God telling him to kill his child? I mean, there are other supernatural beings. In, 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 in Christianity that have the ability to Larry, talk to you. you're not claiming the devil told him to kill his child. It could be, or it could have been a cherubim. No, no, no. Could Larry, been. you're saying that it could be the devil? Who what told I'm saying it? is, no, what I'm I saying... I thought you were an atheist. Are you going to let me finish? Okay. In the story, right. he hears a voice. And what I'm saying is, if you're a Christian and you hear a voice, why he, he telling you Christian. to kill... Well, Okay, a religious person, let me put it that way. Yeah, it might be God. If you're a religious person and you hear a voice telling you to kill your child, my first thought wouldn't be that it was God. I mean, especially if there are other uh, supernatural beings that could do the same thing, wouldn't you think that it was the devil telling you to kill your child, not God? Why would you think it's God? Mm -hmm. And that's what I meant by the devil. I'm just talking about in the context of the story. Well, it's little known. The, the last part of that story, very few people know about, but uh, Abraham's son, who was going to be the, uh, the sacrifice, he was very nervous about his father for the rest yeah, of his I life. Bet. He was yeah. now, Dad, uh, <laughs> what are you doing over there? You're not getting yeah. a knife again, we'll are leave you? Leave that knife alone, Dad. No, Dad, you're not going to tie me up again. <laughs> You've already gone through that. Yeah. yeah. That's the first case of new atheism. Yeah. Well, we are hitting the bottom of the hour. We need to take a station identification break, and then we'll come back after uh, we play a song and give a few uh, hits out there for the the call sign. Uh, this is WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM live right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, the song that I'm going to play for you today, what would you like us oh, to play? Right. Do you have a, a favorite time? No preferences. Why you surprise us? Okay. You have the poor old atheist blues by Dan. No, Parker. I don't have don't have that one. How about Afterlife by Shelley Siegel? I've always been a fan of Shelley Siegel. She's actually come down and done a concert for us. She's got an entire atheist album out, and this is one of the songs off of them. Uh, Afterlife. Here we go.
That's 865-333-5937. And now, back to the show. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. Simply the best. And we're back. Um, see, make sure I've got everything back up again. Make sure to get Ty going. Let's talk about the Free Thought groups that you can join right here in Knoxville. First, there's the Atheist Society of Knoxville, founded in 2002. We're in our 16th year. ASK has over 900 members now, and you can find us online at knoxvilleatheists.org. Or you can go directly to meetup.com and search for Knoxville Atheists. 
matter of fact, you can just go to Google and type in Knoxville Atheist and you'll find us. You can join us in person at our weekly meetup, which happens every Tuesday at Barley's Taproom and Pizzeria in the Old City, where we get together for food, drink, and conversation. Everyone is welcome, as long as you don't come to preach, proselytize, provoke, or punch. Thank you, Atheist Experience. Uh, if you don't live in Knoxville, you can go to Meetup and search for an atheist group in your town. Don't find one? Start one. Another large free-thinking group here in Knoxville are the Rationalists of East Tennessee. They've been around for more than 20 years. RET has bi-weekly presentations and discussions on the Pellissippi State Campus near Hardin Valley Road. They meet the first and third Sundays at the Goins Administration Building. And if that's too much to remember, just go to rationalists.org and click on Upcoming Events. Earlier in the show, we talked about Atheist's um, call-in TV show. Well, it's called Free Thought Forum, and you can see it every Wednesday between 6.30 and 7.30 on Comcast Channel 12 or Charter Channel 192. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or you can watch it streaming online at ctvnox.org. You can also find some of our archives on YouTube where a, pan, excuse me, a fan has been posting them. Just go to YouTube and search for three words, Free Thought Forum Knoxville. And if you're interested in getting involved in the TV or radio show, just come to an Ask Meetup or RAT meeting and talk to us about it. You could be our next co-host or guest. And if you'd like to join our conversation, the phone line is open. Just call 865-333-5937. And now back to the discussion. We were talking about souls and what we know about them and what's being claimed about them. Uh, and we're ready to, to pick it back up. Any comments or observations, Ty, Dale? This show, There's a this movie called God is Real or Heaven is Heaven is Real, where yeah. the little boy <laughs> goes to heaven, and uh, he had an operation, uh, had appendicitis, uh, appendix operation, and uh, supposedly he had uh, that experience, uh, and he goes to heaven, he sees angels with wings, and had a, a rainbow horse that he rode, uh -huh. and stuff like that, so you could... Yeah. You might uh, consider these people with it. Uh, I mean, this would be, uh, albeit without the brain, supposedly, if they're if they're uh, right. Mm -hmm. But more than likely, it's an yeah. hallucination. Okay. Did you do know that they the kid recanted the book? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know parts of it were recanted. Okay. Well, anyway, again, it's a story. Stories can be faked. They can be wrong. They can be made up. Matter of fact, 250 years ago, David Hume was a philosopher who gave us good reason to question miracle claims. He says that people, we know that men will lie, they are mistaken, they sometimes um, get tricked, and we, we know that that happens every day. We don't know that the laws of nature have ever been broken, ever. And because of both of those two things, that men sometimes willfully or by mistake or being tricked uh, can relay miracle claims, it would be, it would be, we would have to give more credit to the story than to the fact that laws of, laws of nature don't get broken. I mean, he, that's putting it in a nutshell. He made a book out of it. But, I mean, that's the thing. You, you can't take a story and believe it or, or at least take it on on faith that the story 
of miracles are true. It's a story. Anybody can make up a story. And if it were true, every holy book on the planet would be true because it all says, every one of them says that their miracle claims are true. So, so of, of the people making claims, there's probably a few of them out there that are fibbing. Or mistaken, or have been tricked. Hmm. Well, anyway, what were you, do you mean? That, do you mean that the guy on my TV that tells me to send him money so that God will bless me might be lying to me? Entirely possible. There's $50 <laughs> I won't get back. Ty, what were you going to say? I was saying, like, uh, going off what you said in a world where people can lie to you, why you use faith as a reliable way to get to any conclusion, Yeah, it seems like... It, the easiest option when you hear something incredible but don't have any proof to back it up is that it's most likely going to be a lie or at least you're better off just saying you don't know until right. you have better evidence. Right. Evidence is everything. I mean, if you, somebody brings you a claim without evidence, uh, Christopher Hitchens uh, famously quoted says, if somebody promotes or profess, professes something without evidence, you can just as easily dismiss it without evidence. Well, why are we always lying? You see, that's the part I hate about parents who raise children. They're always lying to them. Uh, there's the bunny rabbit that, that on Easter, there's the other fairy that brings money for your teeth. There's Santa Claus. Right. <coughs> there's the uh, shelf on the elf. No, no. Elf, elf. on the shelf. <coughs> elf yeah. on the shelf. There's mm -hmm. um, the little bird told me what you did last night. So... Yeah. You raise the child, feeding him these fantastical stories, and then are all surprised when they join the cult where they're going to live a billion years. Right, and have to drink right. poison to get there. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I think the parents tell their kids about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and stuff just to see the awe in their face. I mean, they they live for that kind of stuff, basically. <laughs> Um, but the thing about it is, they get around to telling them that Easter Bunny is is made up, and that the uh, Tooth Fairy is made up, and that Santa Claus is made up. But now, let me talk to you about Jesus. Right, right. And they were fed the same lines when they were kids, so you know they pass it down generation to generation. And it's time that we need to start examining the things that we believe. And tonight, we're examining the soul, uh, the claims about souls. Uh, the soul, if it existed, would be a supernatural entity. And there's never been anything supernatural proven to exist. No evidence, in other words. And like I said a little while ago, evidence is everything. Well, we could uh, find somebody that's looking a little peaked and, and, and get a bit of put put him in bed yeah there's some ethical problems with that i mean well we could we could reproduce this man's experience he uh, he did that in 2007 here we are 2000 no excuse me 1907 here we are 2019 yeah 19 2020 looks like somebody reproduced that experience well the thing about it is if you look at a hospital bed these days how many gadgets are built into those things but you would think that somebody would just go ahead and build a scale in there well they have them yeah. I mean, they do have them? Oh, yeah. But then we get right back to the same problem. Do souls weigh anything? What proof or evidence do we have that souls have weight? And even if they did, how much do they weigh? And if there's a, a you know, we're missing 21 grams, 
Can we rightfully claim that that was a soul? You would also have to consider what is the point of death at which you're going to make your measurement. He's alive now. He's dead now. Well, it used to be that you could be in an ambulance going across the state line, and on one st uh, in one state you were dead if you weren't breathing, but in the other state you were dead across the state line. Mm -hmm. You were dead if no you pulse. had no heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So, and and then there's what uh, what point does it die? I know for a fact uh, that your brain continues to fire uh, erratically once you once you start losing oxygen. So those don't die quickly. Right. Your eyes. And how reliable are the visions that you see? Well, your yeah. eyes are going to stay alive for quite a long time right. because they are, are set up that way. Mm -hmm. Plus, you are not a discrete entity. Larry, I'm not. Oh, I'm I'm a community of cells. You are a community of cell of not only cells but other creatures. Bacteria. Yeah. I'm a colony. Mites. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we have E. coli in our stomach. That, mm -hmm. that if we did not have it, we, we might bleed to death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because of uh, blood clotting. Mm -hmm. So then you say, at what point are you dead? Uh, so that would be a difficulty in doing the experiment. Right. But like I say, scientists, the science community has never isolated a soul. And I mean, each year, 2020, we've had I don't think incredible been electronic equipment, uh, very sensitive equipment for at least 50, 60 years and nothing. Yep. Incredible equipment. Like, yeah. like we have incredibly sensitive equipment yeah. out there. We can detect gravity waves. But we can't detect a soul, and the the only logical conclusion conclusion is there are no souls, and the time to believe something. No, we don't have a way to detect. The logical conclusion would be you have not detected a soul, not that there right. are no souls. Okay, but at yeah. the same time, yeah, if you were investing money and you had to invest on a soul or not a soul, <laughs> I would I would certainly go with the one where it said not. But I understand the correct answer is right. we don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yes. And in the meantime, time time don't again. give preachers your money because he says you do have one. How about that? Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else about souls? No, I have a weird, controversial idea. Larry, you're going you're gonna to get angry. I want, I want you to hear me well, out. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to hold them. All right, all right, all right. Check it out. So what if you just don't have a soul, and that's why you're so incredulous about it? Whereas the people who do have a soul are the only people who are qualified to tell you about what the soul is. Well, it's like if people who case. are, hold on, hilarious. I know you're going to angry, but I'm saying like, what if it was someone who wasn't colorblind telling you what colors were? You'd be like, this doesn't make sense. Everything's gray. It's always been gray. It's been gray the whole of my life. It's like, well, I don't know how I can tell you about it. God just hasn't chosen you have a soul what if that's probably okay well let me ask you this if, if i was colorblind and i saw everything in gray would would i be mm -hmm. would i be correct in in saying that you know i don't believe that there are colors well i'd say i don't who, are you, what i'm saying is, i don't know i if believe i, don't have I would soul, believe that you said that yeah if i don't have if, a soul you're saying then I'm, there's no I'm correct colors. in saying that i don't believe in them because i've never experienced one i don't have any evidence for it sure yeah yeah, yeah. I was definitely saying your experience, yeah. you're correct in yeah. saying that. Now, let's say that somebody says that they do have a soul. I would ask them what criteria that they have to measure that. What evidence does he have that to put it forward so that, you know, anybody with or without a soul would be able to to see that he has a soul. 
what if they were just bad at explaining it? Like, those are just so natural to them that they couldn't, it's like breathing. Like, they couldn't even, like, describe how to do it. It's just something they do without thinking. But, oh, yeah, I have a soul. I don't know. I've never really thought about it. It's just, it's just a thing I have. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I can't tell you how I see red. Yeah. I just see red when I see red. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. Yeah. Dale, comment? What about that? Well, uh, if I was explaining color to a blind person, not a blind person, a colorblind mm -hmm. person, then I think I could do mm -hmm. quite well by showing him the wavelengths and, and, and all on a, on a monitor. Mm -hmm. Or so showing him that, you know, this different yeah. colors coming off well, that I can yeah, sense. Yeah, what it. I would do. Showing them that I have rods and cones where he yeah. only has rods. Right. Uh, what I would do, I, I've thought about this quite a bit because I used to watch those uh, the colorblind glasses things, uh, videos on, you know, they have colorblind glasses. Oh, yeah, those are great. That let you see color yeah. if you're colorblind. That's interesting. And uh, what I would do is, is I would take, like, three blocks and put them in front of him and I'd label one red, green, and blue and then I'd have 16 people or maybe 100 people come in and out of the room and just look at the, the blocks and tell them what, is, what color it was even though they would be perfectly identical to him, each one of these per persons coming through here and looking at it would be able to say, well that's red, that's green that's blue and then they go out the door somebody else would come in without being able to read the word that I had put on the back of it now, that's sort of what happens in church, though. I mean, your minister tells you one thing, and all the people around you tell you the same thing. So, right? Well, there's a, there's a, a problem you're with interpretation there. I mean, you're in church, and uh, he's playing music, or the, they bring up the, the chorus, and they make the music oh, smell, no. and you feel <laughs> moved. And, the, and the, right. the preacher is there to say, that's the Spirit of Christ moving in you. And what are you going to do? All right. You know, you're gonna. Well, this is a holy man. He knows. I'm gonna. I'm gonna believe that this is the spirit of, of Christ in me. But the thing about it is, two days later, you're in a movie like you see Old Yeller, and you it brings you to tears by the end of the movie because it, it moved you emotionally. But you don't think that's the spirit of Jesus moving in you. It's just you interpret it that way because you've been led to interpret it that way. Can I throw something out? Sure. This is gonna be my closing experiment. So. Uh -huh. Similar to both of you guys' experience that you presented, Larry, if we brought two people in a room, one guy had a shirt that had the atheist experience on it, or maybe, no, no, the digital free thought radio, how about that? Let's promote our own show. And, you know, he's got, like, the crazy little mustache and, like, a, looks like he has a great little personality and everything. Uh -huh. Whereas another person who's sitting next to him got the, the gap-level perfect sweater. It's buttoned up. His hair's fine. And he's got a little Jesus cross on a necklace around his neck. And you bring in a thousand people and you say, who has a soul, who doesn't? And all those people say, the guy with the Christian uh, memorabilia has the soul, the guy with the atheist t-shirt doesn't. Would that make you more convinced that someone had a soul or not? Not without evidence. I mean, we're just hearing stories. We're hearing uh, hearsay mm. from these people. Uh, you know, I would, I would question their expertise in the area. Why would I believe Do you think someone who was colorblind would say the same thing? would just be like, well, that's just hearsay. You brought in a thousand people to say red, green, blue, but that's just people saying that. I need better evidence. Well, I would think that that would be pretty good evidence. Uh, he could bring in anybody he wants to, and uh, even friends of his or family, bring those in. But you know, I'm open to experimentation. Uh, if you can show me a soul, you know, give, give me good reason to believe one exists, or especially evidence, then I would, you know, I would accept well, it. Well, I can understand why people would believe it. I have seen a lot of people die. And there is something that the, when the body goes inanimate like that, you, you have the sense that something 
has died or okay. something has left. Mm-hmm. When, the, the, in, oh, even more interesting is the eyes. If you take a person's head who's conscious and you and you're holding their head, and you twist their head one way or the other, the eyes are automatically going to move. There's not a whole lot you can do about it. As a matter of fact, Halle Berry was in a movie where mm-hmm. she was supposed to be dead, and somebody moved her head, and in the movie, you can, you can see her uh-huh. eyes move. Yeah. It, it's involuntary. Well. So, but when you see somebody's eyes, and they're, and, they're not, and, and they're not following you, or they're not, you get the sense that they've lost something. That there's that lost the, something. That their body has broken and is no longer functioning. Well, what about animals? Do animals have souls? Don't we experience the same thing when an animal dies? I your faithful dog I, dies actually, at your I've feet? I've seen a lot more people die than I have animals. Well, I mean, you have seen animals die. You have had maybe a farm animal or a pet. But those are the ones I almost you saw more myself. animals. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you're like making a, a case that, you know, there's a condition before and after death. What I'm saying you is you don't say that I, an animal would, a, that would do I that. I can understand how somebody can project into Well, I understand that too. Yeah. So uh, as far as animals go, I don't don't know where that would that would come into play. Well, it's just, you know, animals die too. No, nope, no. Nope. Good points all around. Okay. I, 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 whenever someone starts talking about religion and all of this, I, I, I heard you guys talking earlier, and I, and I started seeing that, that circular wheel going on again. And quite frankly, I, uh, as a deist, I, I really don't care what people believe as long as they're not bothering me. Mm-hmm. If they want to believe in the soul well, and all of that, yeah. that is absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. But when you start passing laws, when you start treating people with one religion differently than you're treating others, for example, down in Alabama, as right. we discussed earlier, mm-hmm. when you start making a state religion, when you start having uh, our president... Uh, now, there would be someone to test and see if he has a soul. <laughs> If we could get him into a bed mm-hmm. and yeah, leave him well, there. Hey. We're going down the wrong road here. <laughs> but, um, Ty, you're uh, let me think. Yeah, you're beeping there. Sorry about that. I'm wondering, is there a chance that, honestly, we might be biased against the existence of the soul, period, or question mark? Well, Thomas Jefferson was a deist, and his position on the soul was this, and that is, I don't know if there's an afterlife. I would like to think that there's one, but I guess I'll find out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you have, uh, well, Pat Robertson made a, 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 an observation, and that is that our brains work on electrical activity, and when you have a wire that conducts a current, it creates a field, and that field may diminish as it goes out into space, but still, it's there. Pat Robertson speculated that maybe the devil could read our read our thoughts by reading those waves. Yeah. But uh, the idea of these 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 uh, things recoalescing in in heaven or somewhere like that, probably not. Yeah, I mean, well, it'd, it'd be nice. I'd, it'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about it is, uh, even even atheists can hope for an afterlife. There's nothing stopping you from hoping for an afterlife. And personally, if you're going to do that, I would certainly hope for one that doesn't have a hell. Just me. Yeah, I'm, I'm for I'm, I'm for yeah. Put me down for the no yeah. hell thing. <laughs> now, you were talking about uh, religion and, and you're not really caring what people believe as long as they don't like trap and try to pass and I, and I legislation. And talking to me on the bus. 
Yeah. Or if they don't bother you with it. Right. Now, my problem just is catch up. there are just a lot up. of in, there are a lot sure. of innocent victims to these religions that that we don't like to talk about. Uh, during the uh, Jonestown massacre, we had religious parents giving poison to their children and killing them. And um, in Gates, uh, Heaven's Gate, we had people killing themselves. We have in um, Christian, what, Christian science? Yes, Christian scientists don't believe in taking their children to the hospital or giving blood transfusion, transfusions, and these children die because, and, how, and they're innocent. Larry, thank you. Thank you a whole lot. How, how, you make me look bad now because I'm selfish because I don't care about these people because it no, doesn't no, no. affect you, me. No, no, no. I always just think that you hadn't however, yeah, however, those people, there are laws, the laws of the land, that should take care of those people. Laws of the land have okay. religious exemptions. Let me change my position. There's the yeah. laws of the land, and don't bother me. Right. Okay. But anyway, we still have to think about the people who are in the religion uh, and haven't bought into it. They're, they're claimed by their parents. Uh, they're, they're subject to the dogma, even though they may or may not believe it or are too young to believe it. Um, I always like to bring up the... the uh, instance of uh, Andrea Yates. Are you familiar with that case? Yeah, the girl that killed her two children? Five two children. sons? Five children. Five children. Wait a minute. So she, in her religion, she believed that, and she was told by her by her religion, that if, if their children died before they relieved, the, uh, reached the age of seven, that they would automatically go into heaven. So she took it to the word, she was so afraid of any of them growing up and going to hell, being a sinner, everybody's a sinner, that she took her children one by one, five of them, to the bathtub and drowned them. Mm. Now, the thing about Christianity, she didn't violate the dogma. As a matter of fact, the dogma still says that she can be forgiven for any crime except for, what, denying the Holy Ghost. So theoretically, she, she can be in heaven with her kids. Because she's forgiven for what she does. I mean, this is all just standard Christian dogma. You know, I think the I think the clinical term is batshit crazy. Well, we don't want to use that word on on the air, but bat merde uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah, of course. When I talk to Christians about that, they just say, "Well, she's crazy." Yeah, but the basis of her craziness was religious dogma. Well, Larry, the the, the religious people are really concerned about your soul, which is why they why they sure preach they to you mm -hmm. now. So are you saying that, that you are a counterpart in that you feel justified in preaching to them? I, I feel justified in, in defending my position. Uh, but, but it also sounds like you're wanting to warn them of the dangers of I blindly do. following something. So, so you, have, you two have that in common. They're concerned about your soul. Right. Your matter of fact, both of us are trying to make the world a better place. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 They think they have to do it by fighting sin. And I think I have to do it by telling people the sin doesn't help. I mean, uh, harm does exist, but if there's no God, there is no sin because sin is a trespass against God. We're down to like one minute left. Final words. Be open-minded. Sometimes okay. I don't know is the best answer. That's my final word. Quit trying to be rational with religions because it's ridiculous. No, the thing about it is a lot of people say that. They say you can't be reasoned out of something that you weren't reasoned into. But I think all of us were. I all of us atheists have, that come from a religion are examples of people who have been reasoned out of it. I am one of them for sure. Exactly. I just did exactly. it to pick up girls. <laughs>
Well, this is Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. You've wasted another perfectly good hour uh, listening to the show. We're here every Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday at 7 o'clock, so mark it on your, your dial and, and on your clock and join us next We're also on the podcast. And on the podcast. We are available. This show is available on podcasts if you go to iTunes or Stitcher. Look for Digital Free Thought uh, Radio Hour. And we'll see you next week. Say bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Free Thought Radio Hour. <laughs>